Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of No More Mondays. I am your host, Angie Callen. Here, as always, excited to talk to another guest. And this one, this one, I'm really, really excited to because, gang, today we're digging into women in tech with Limor Bergman. And as a former engineer, this is a topic I love. It's also uh, my jam when it comes to my day job and career coaching and resume writing, tech and execs. And so we're going to talk a lot about this topic and about how uh, women in male-dominated environments can still thrive. Uh, Limor has spent the last 20 years in a rising career as a software engineer, engineering manager, and director of engineering at places like Quantum, DigitalOcean, and VMware. And so to say she knows a thing or two about uh, carving a successful path in a very male-dominated field is an understatement. And she's recently channeled that experience into a mentoring program for women who want to grow their careers in tech. So this is going to be a super cool conversation. I can't wait to hear about it. I hope you will all help me welcome Limor Bergman to the show. Limor, welcome to no more Mondays. Hi, Angie. It's great to be here. And it seems like we have a lot in common. Oh, this is going to be a jam-packed conversation, so you all better brace yourselves. <laughs> and uh, thank you for coming at, at me. At, I think, what we what did we say? It's 6 p.m. on a Friday night in Israel. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for spending happy hour with me. Yeah, I just <laughs> need a glass of wine. That's, that's the one we... thing I'm missing right now. <laughs> Well, it's 9 a.m. here, so it's probably a good thing that we didn't plan to do that together. <laughs> so I want to kick things off by giving everybody a little bit more of your background um, in, in software. So not only have you navigated the challenges of being the woman in this man's land, um, but you also started your career here in the U.S. outside of your home, home country. So you definitely had some obstacles net to navigate. Tell everybody a little bit about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So uh, I don't know where to start. Uh, so I, I started my career as a software engineer here in Israel and then uh, uh, grew into management. It wasn't so easy and trivial, but I did that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, and by the way, I have four children. Now they are uh, teenagers. Uh, but uh, 10 years ago, even more than 10 years ago, in, in December 2010, we moved to the U.S. And my oldest was six and a half and my youngest, uh, my twins were seven months old. So it was... I love how you're like, oh, by the way, I did all of this while having four kids and moving across the world. Just Should we just end the episode there? <laughs> Talk to me about how you got yourself into the, like, the U.S. tech market. And like, how did you really start moving up the ladder in an environment that can be very challenging for women to do so? Yeah, I think the first and foremost, I knew what I wanted Okay, I wanted to be to continue my career as an engineering management, and I had a strong desire to succeed. Very a lot of motivation, and I believed in myself. I think this is like the key, the key thing. I had a clear picture of what I wanted, and I believed in myself. Uh, I already, Lamore, you're already my favorite person. I tell people all the time. 
like a lack of clarity in your career is more detrimental than a bad resume. So the fact that you knew exactly what you wanted and what journey you wanted to be on meant you could pick and create the right roadmap for yourself. Absolutely. And and basically, you know, when I moved, uh, we moved to Denver, Colorado in December 2010 with uh, four young kids. Snow, you know, I, I was not used to the snow. Here in Israel, it's always hot and humid. So we, we don't have winter, actually, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you guys kind of have like one, maybe one and a half seasons, right? You have summer and then a spring. We have like. summer and kind of spring. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and, and again, I knew that I wanted to continue my career. I didn't know anyone. And I started what I did. Uh, I started uh, applying for jobs and I got zero responses. Absolutely oh, no. zero. No response. The good old black hole is what I like to call it. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, I started thinking, okay, I do something. I continue doing it. I'm doing it again. And nothing happens. What does it mean? Uh, so, first of all, it meant that I had to go skiing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, yes. Which it's funny because when you're like in Israel, we only have like one season, maybe a spring day every once in a while. You can have like all four seasons plus probably a fifth bonus season that only exists in Colorado all in like three hours. Yes, absolutely. I am glad you took advantage of it. Okay, side note, only because you're talking about talking to a a skiing enthusiast, winter sports enthusiast. How was the experience of learning how to ski? Uh, I actually learned how to ski... um, in France, okay, uh, and which is amazing. And uh, I actually met my husband. Uh, we have like our life connected to each other. I, I did too. You did? I, my, I met my husband skiing. Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we met, we met at uh, Buttermilk outside of Aspen, which wow. is where we, near where, near where we live. Yeah. Um, there you go, folks. If you uh, dating advice from Angie and Lamore, go skiing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I actually met him on the plane back, so I didn't meet him during skiing, but I met him on the plane back, and he proposed a year later on a ski trip um, to the Travelle in France. Incredible ski result, by the way. And um, so I knew how to ski. I'm not like an incredible skier, but. I know how to ski and I enjoy, enjoy it. it. I there enjoy it. Go. That's like the most important thing. So uh, the day of skiing, why I emphasize that is because I needed to de-stress. I needed yes. to keep my mind off the job searching to be able to rethink a new strategy. It's uh, it's kind of like you took you to put on a different pair of glasses. You change your perspective. You tune out. I'm a big out, like I, I have a whole series called Outdoor Life Lessons, and it's basically all about that. Like tune out in order to tune in. And uh, so I'm curious. So, so what changed after that? Well, what changed? It as I said, okay, enough with applying. No more applying cold. I started reaching out to recruiters in the Denver metro area and proposing for them, suggesting them to meet for coffee. So I went to a lot of Starbucks <laughs> back then and meeting for coffee because I really wanted to connect. I, as I said, I didn't know anyone. And I felt like I had a hunch that if I started to know people, who knows, eventually that may pay off. I didn't expect any recruiter after a cup of coffee that they will do all the, all the job searching for me. The only thing that I wanted was just to create a connection. And, and that's one thing that I did. The other thing I did, I started to learn everything I could on LinkedIn. 
I attended webinars, I read a lot of articles, and I started working on my LinkedIn profile. I had a profile, but it was like very, very basic. You have great instincts. And I when I when people get really frustrated with the, you know, you, it's really easy to get trigger happy on the apply button and it can work. However, if it's a if you see your singular job search strategy, it's kind of a fast track to frustration. And in in your situation, you had you were almost like an unintimidating networker because you had a great story. I'm new here, I'm new in this country, I'm a female in technology. You're a great person for a recruiter to want to go and chat with and have coffee with. And it sounds like that plus getting more active on LinkedIn all got that ball rolling. Yeah, and actually the first job that I found in the US, I actively, again, as I said, I didn't assume anyone will do the job for me, which I saw people like they think, oh, I'll reach out to the recruiter. The recruiter will search because they all have good intention. I say, yeah, we'll reach out if we find anything. Don't assume that that will happen. I, I, I kept looking actively. And then what I did when I find jobs I liked, I try to find who from the people I met is somehow connected. And that's eventually what led me to land my first job just through a recruiter. I have that education conversation with people a lot because, you know, 20 years ago, I guess the headhunting thing did was more prevalent where like you could have a recruiter who'd be your champion and go shop you around. And it really doesn't happen anymore. You've got to be unless you've got 15 grand to throw at something that doesn't have any guarantees behind it. You kind of have to go out and, and do it on your own. And so once you actually got that opportunity, how did the advancement begin or and, and and or and or like what kind of challenges did you come across in this male dominant environment that you had to push through in order to make that happen? Yeah, so there are two separate th questions. Um, I can start with the challenge one. So first of all, I started working in a very, I guess, kind of an old school place where many people worked there for many years. It was, to be honest, the culture was not for me, but it was a good place to land. It was a good place to start. But the thing is, I felt very, very insecure, very inconfident, and it was just very difficult. I wanted really to please, and that was my biggest mistake. I wanted to please the team that reported to me. Oh, tell me why that was a mistake. Because it, and it uh, made me make bad decisions. And uh, one of the worst decisions I made was letting an engineer upgrade some technology we were using because that engineer selfishly wanted to get familiar with it, but it was not a good use of his time. It, uh, he spent way more time than he should and more time that he promised that it will take and it didn't bring any benefits. And I didn't do my due diligence and I just wanted him to be happy. Ah, so what have you, I guess, how has that informed your leadership strategy now? So I learned from that. And, and again, one of the things I also tell to my kids, it's okay to make mistakes as long as you learn and don't repeat the same mistakes again. So what I learned is that when making decisions, when someone comes to me with a request and it's okay to have an internal motive. That's fine. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I need to look at it very, you know, unemotionally and ask them to justify that for me and be convinced that that's the right thing to do just for the company's sake and not just for them. And also I learned that it's okay that not everyone will be happy with my decisions. That's okay. That's part of leadership. 
that is part of leadership. And I think there's a fine, there's a balance there between uh, engaging and motivating an individual based on some of their kind of personal drivers, but also making sure that's rooted in the overall benefit of the team and the direction of the company and like the resources that it's going to take. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Limor and I are going to talk more about how she's grown into leadership as a woman in the tech space. Stay tuned. This episode of No More Mondays is brought to you by Athletic Greens. As many of you know, I live a very active lifestyle here in the Colorado Rockies, and I'm also gluten-free. So I started taking AG1 because I wanted a quick and easy way to support my gut health and my immunity. I also love a good routine, and AG1 makes it easy to get my daily dose of vitamins. I just pop a scoop in a blender bottle, shake it up, and I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and superfoods during my 22-minute drive to CrossFit. The bonus? Not only do I feel great during my early morning workout, I sleep better and I have more mental clarity, all without breaking the bank because this is just $3 a day. As a climate neutral certified company, I can also feel good about that three bucks going somewhere meaningful. We're partnering with Athletic Greens to make it easy for you to stock up. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now let's get back to the program. So tell me a little bit more about where the male dominated component. I'm curious about your experience as a woman growing in leadership in you know what is a very male-dominated world. There are lots of women in tech out there breathing a sigh of relief that two women who have been in male-dominated tech environments are going to talk about this. You know, I, I definitely experienced some very interesting challenges, roadblocks, and just things as you know, a female in civil engineering in the very male-dominated world of construction. So tell me more about how, I guess, what those experiences look like and how you navigated that aspect of it. Yeah, so first of all, I mean, the sense of belonging uh, in many times was very difficult for me because um, all men, uh, by the way, majority of them, you know, white men, let's be more specific. Let's and, be more specific, yeah, and they thank have you. their own specific cultures, right? They like baseball, they like going... Uh, uh, for beer, and I didn't relate at all to those activities. I did that because I felt like, okay, that's what everyone likes. But it was very difficult for me to feel like I belong. And and this is, by the way, some, some things that I tell people who ask me how to create an inclusive culture, like you need to think of everyone and how to make people feel that they belong and not the odd duck in the room. And that's what I, what I felt a lot of times. I also experienced some aggressiveness, not a lot, but uh, there was one engineer in particular that I had pretty traumatic experience with. Uh, he was not aggressive physically, but verbally, he was very aggressive. Uh, to me, eventually I had to let him go. I involved HR. But I think, again, the key starts with you, how you perceive yourself, when you understand who you are and what your value is, everything just falls into place. I think the problem starts, and this is what I'm doing with women, just to give them the confidence in themselves. They have to first feel that they deserve what they're doing, that they are capable, and believe in themselves. So it's, it's interesting. There's a, an episode of uh, No More Mondays that as of right now, hasn't come out yet, but by the time yours does, it will have. So shameless plug, you should all go listen to it. It's with Jovan Glasgow. And we talk a lot about thriving through adversity 
And I think that that's what you're tu- you're touching on is that if if you can through those adverse moments and challenges look inside and figure out how you can handle them and how you should handle them, you will really become more confident in just who you are, how you want to lead and how you want to grow. And so that stuff can actually be channeled into a positive. And so that's just kind of a, a, a good common theme that has come up in a, in a couple stories. And, and you learned a lot from those situations that informed how you lead others, how you lead yourself, how you lead in that environment, and and how you create a culture that is a little bit more intentional. Absolutely. And uh, even if you don't know how to deal with it, and by the way, I didn't know what to do, but I knew it was wrong. I actually wanted to let this person go the second it happened. (laughs) You're just out of here. (laughs) Yeah, but I went to HR and he said, oh, we need to go to a process and all that. So I did involve HR and work with them, although sometimes I didn't like, you know, that it took more time than it should, but... If you don't know what to do, that's okay too. As long as you understand that this situation is wrong and something has to happen. And and in the future, you can mitigate those situations a little bit better or potentially even preclude them from happening because if you're intentional about culture, you can also be intentional about hiring into that culture that's fitting. So tell me a little bit more about Power to Fly. So this is your this is your new your well I shouldn't I maybe shouldn't say new but this is your initiative around mentoring women in technology. Uh, tell us more about it. I would love to hear about outcomes you're seeing. Just talk to me about Power to Fly. Sure. So I actually met Power to Fly, and uh, in an event that they did in Dallas, Texas. Uh, back then, I, I used to live in Plano, and uh, I started working with them as a client. I actually convinced the company I worked for at the time, DigitalOcean, that we have to work with Power to Fly. I was very impressed. I was struggling to hire women to my organization. It was all men. And uh, that's how my relationship, my romance or whatever, like uh, with Power to Fly awesome. started. Yeah, as a client, as a raving fan. And, and when I got back here to Israel two and a half years ago, I knew that I wanted to pursue that passion because I, I was really passionate about supporting women in tech. I started mentoring like five years ago and I saw the impact of all of that. So I uh, connected with their CEO. I, I didn't even think I would work with them back then, but I just told her, hey, I left, you know, DigitalOcean and I'm just that, you know, I haven't disappeared. And she's the one that said, you have to work with me. You're so passionate. And, uh, and that's how I came up with the idea of starting the mentorship program, because I felt that that was something that was missing. So Power to Fly is all about connecting underrepresented groups to jobs, helping underrepresented groups find jobs, thrive and upskill and helping companies find underrepresented talent and do different things, events, and a lot of good things. So the mentorship was a piece that was missing in order really to help those women get support. If this seems like an odd thing, like why do women need help getting into tech? It isn't that they can't get in. It's like a, it's like a, or that there's a, a barrier to entry, but it's I think it's a, an emotional piece of like, do I want to? Or is this somewhere that I feel like I can fit and I can I can thrive? I've even had like, you know, more mature job seekers who are like, you know, I interviewed at this company, but I feel like it's all a bunch of 24 year old dudes and I don't know how I'm going to fit in with them. So it's a very it's a very conscious thing. And what happens at a company level, in my opinion, is you begin to limit yourself uh, to who you can attract and who you can retain if you're not conscious about these kind of things. So I would, what kind of impact have you seen and changes have you seen through this work? 
uh, incredible. I mean, uh, we work with women. Uh, first of all, the mentorship program is really tailored towards their goals. Uh, the most effective thing, I think, in mentorship is to have a well-defined goal and the mentor and mentee works towards that goal. Whatever that goal may be, when they're focused, they get the support they need, they get what they want. Second instance of that tip, everybody, focus and clarity is huge because you need to know where you're going in order to get there. And a lot of times it's just having somebody to sit down with, talk through and set that goal that then puts the wheels in motion to actually achieving it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Is So are you doing Power to Fly full time or are you also still engineering? I uh, work with them as a consultant and I also have my own coaching practice. And I also do a lot of different things. I uh, do workshops with companies. I mean, I, I kind of like that. I, uh, I like being my own boss and decide where I invest my time. You and me both. Tell us a little bit more about your coaching business. Shameless plug on that one. Yeah, so I help women uh, with their, you, you know, I focus on women in tech and their careers and I work with them towards their goals. And it really varies Sometimes it can be finding clarity. Sometimes it can be something very specific. Like, for example, I have a woman right now who, when we started, wasn't sure what's next for her in her career. And now she's like interviewing already. So it evolves. <laughs> I love, yeah, sometimes you open the floodgates and like yeah. somebody's like, oh, maybe I should do that. And then the next time you see him a week later, they're like, I just had three interviews. And I'm like, holy cow, where, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, and I do that uh, untraditionally uh, because I also help them with what I know. Like, for example, I really love LinkedIn. I really a true believer of this platform. So with her, we did some work on her LinkedIn profile and voila, she started getting a flood of, uh, you know, incoming offerings. It is a very underutilized resource, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. Most people are what I call just passive users. You've got a profile and hopefully a picture that isn't set to private. However, if you go up that ladder, two or three levels of, of engagement on LinkedIn, a lot of things can happen in your career and sometimes passively. So again, intention and using the resources at your fingertips can change things kind of totally drastically. So um, let's go practical for a minute around some advice. What would you say to women out there who want to grow in the tech field or maybe even want to get into the tech field? What kind of advice would you give to them? So I think, first of all, get clarity of what they want. If they're not sure, get a mentor or a coach that can help them get the clarity. And that's super critical. And then once they know what they want, they need to figure out who can help them get there. Whether it's a mentor, a friend, you know, start networking, start building your LinkedIn profile and move forward. Yeah, take it. Take a step forward. And then yeah. on the flip side of that coin, what would you say to the hiring managers, decision makers, you know, tech leaders out there who maybe this is on their radar and they want to create a more kind of welcoming, inclusive tech environment? Don't just say it. Do it. Oh, then, gauntlet thrown, Limor. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Everyone says that, right? Oh, it's very important. Put your money when your mouth at. And again, yeah. it, does, it doesn't always relate to money. But for example, with DigitalOcean, the values matched the actions because the company said, yeah, we care about that. I said, okay, give me the money in that case, right? I mean, let's, let's work on it. And, and, and they did. So, but many companies don't do that. If you want to hire diverse talent, go and get it. And don't say, oh, there are no women in the, you know, in tech or there are no whatever. There are, you just have to work harder. 
You got you got two tech specific career coaches right here telling you there's a whole lot of women in tech out there. And like one percent of CTOs are women. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. And another, by the way, another wonderful tool, wonderful tool to use is internships. Uh, Give a chance, give a chance to women who are just starting out. And internship is a wonderful way to do that. I agree. And that's that's something that you could create if if you don't want to have to manage an application process or a selection process or a really formal internship program, partner with a local college and, you know, do do internships like that are specific to underserved or underrepresented populations in tech, like a diversity driven internship in collaboration with a college. And then it becomes super streamlined and and simple. And it's it's mutually beneficial. In the long absolutely, run. absolutely, and it's a great way to uh, uncover incredible talent, and also to uncover people who are not a fit. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. a risk-free way uh, to find great yep. talent and hire them. That's what I did. I was like, we had internship program, and I said, I said to my managers, I am not allowing you to take any men uh, into. I mean, so I was a little bit maybe. Not politically correct, but I said, listen, I mean, if we want to hire women, let's at least try to find interns that are women. And, and that's what they did. We, we took female interns. Eventually, we hired not all of them, but we hired some. And that's the thing is also, I think what what you don't realize around an internship program is it saves resources for the next for the hiring process, because you already have a pipeline there of vetted qualified candidates. And oftentimes that can build some loyalty and retention at that early career point, when they come in after graduation, they're, they're likely to stay a, th- a little bit longer. That's how I got my first job. Way back in the day, I mailed paper resumes. Expl- I once had a conversation trying to explain resume paper to a 23-year-old Lamar. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I, wish, I wish it was recorded. But, you know, we, we mailed uh, application packages to companies that we might, you know, you had a hit list, you sent your application package and I got an internship. And then I went back and worked for that company for the first year and a half of my engineering career. So even though it wasn't software, it was civil. I, I followed the, you know, candidate path that we're encouraging hiring managers to, to create now. It's very, very viable. Yeah, absolutely. That's excellent advice for both sides. You know what came out of that? And and the theme of this episode, I think, is going to be focus, but it was focus. So as a candidate, we have to focus and really set that intention and carry out our actions to meet that. However, I think on the hiring side, if you're going to put your money where your mouth is, you have to have the focus, intention and action to back it up and actually actually do it and, and not make it just talk. So. Um, focus, focus and intention perhaps could be the title of this episode, even though that's not really very sexy, but you get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get into a couple of just a little bit more fun, uh, but practical recommendations for people. Uh, we play a little game called rapid fire recommendations. It's never very fast anymore, so don't get nervous. Uh, however, as somebody who's, uh, I like this first question for you as, as another one of our global guests who's been to lots of places, what's your most memorable travel destination? Utah. Yeah. Is this, is this another skiing destination? No, we went to the, um, we went one of the favorite places that we've been there several times actually is the arches. I Um, knew that's what you were going to say. I was in Moab last weekend. Yeah. And it's like, this place is magical and we've been there several times and I just love it. Uh, I 100% agree with you. So, uh, 
met my husband on a ski hill. Also, he proposed on that ski hill. So wow. basically, same exact thing. And then our, uh, Arches was our first vacation together. So wow. there you go. Incredible. Parallel lives, everybody. Um, and, and also, if you have not been to Utah National Parks, I'll just give a shameless plug for Utah. It's a really incredible uh, place. And when, as as, when you said no skiing, I'm like, she's going to say arches. I knew it. It's <laughs> awesome. Is that, if you haven't been to Zion, put that one on your list for a future. I haven't been there. Um, oh. I should. It's a, it's a pretty incre- incredible place as well. Um, okay, moving on. See, I told you these were never very fast. Uh, give us a great book recommendation. The Leader Who Had No Title by Robin Sharma is uh, one of my favorites. I am a huge Robin Sharma fan. So definitely, uh, if I had to give one book, go go read it. It's not one of his, uh, I think it's a popular book, but not like the one he is like uh, f- most famous by. Yeah, he's known he's known mostly for well the monk who sold his Ferrari I think was the first big one but now I think he's known a little bit more for the 5 a.m. club he's one of the morning routine guys that yeah. I kind of follow and appreciate um, so I did not I have not read that book by him so that's going on my list yeah uh, I'm not a I'm not able to to do the 5 a.m. or I don't want to so I guess I understand the value of it and yep. I appreciate people who do that but it's not for me. I do the, I get up at five. I cannot get up at four. It is a whole different day. <laughs> it is a 4am and 5am are distinctly different times. And just, I guess my, my thing on, on routines is whatever time of the day it needs to start for you. It just, you know, some little structure there can help, but you've got to make it your own. So again, another, another rabbit hole within our semi rapid fire. Uh, give me a movie. What's a favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. Oh, nobody has ever said that one. I don't even have to. I don't even. We don't even have to go into that one. That's just I, I one went, of those ones. I went to the theater twice to see it, and uh, I never do that. It's the only movie I went twice to see. I don't know why. That's one of those movies. I also remember where I was when I saw it the first time. Isn't that funny? It's just one of those. It's become a cult classic. All yeah. you young and all you youngins out there, better go watch it. Yeah. And since this is a show about Mondays, what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? It's great to start the week. It is a great start to the week. All the possibilities exist on Mondays. Yeah. Um, so as we kind of wind things down, I would love to let everybody know how they can follow along with you and your work with Power to Fly, your work in the coaching business. How does everybody uh, find you and tune into all this cool stuff you're doing with women in tech? Yeah, I think the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. It's Limor Bergman uh, because you can get... Um, understanding of who I am. I also have a website, limorbergman.com, but I think if you really want to connect, connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me. I connected with you this morning. So uh, there you go. The two, If you connect with the two of us, we'll fill up your news feeds most likely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I will give you a compliment. Your website's lovely. So Thank you. So you should all head on over Thank to that you. too. And uh, we will link all of this in the show notes. So everybody out there, if you're driving while listening to the podcast, you can just... Head on over to nomoremondays.info after you get home to grab links to all of this good stuff. And as we wrap things up, let's get one more good nugget. What is your number one piece of advice on what everybody out there can do to get one step closer to career satisfaction? Know what you want. Know what you want, period. I don't even know yeah. that that require, requires conversations, but I think, and if you don't know what you want, Sometimes it, it does. Sometimes it does because a lot of people don't have clarity. Mm-hmm. Or don't realize they need it. So know what yeah. you want. And if you don't know what you want, take a step to figure it out. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, talking with yourself, talking with a trusted advisor or finding a trusted advisor. Absolutely. Shameless, shameless plug for what Lemore and I do for a living, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
good. It's fun to sit down and talk with a peer, especially somebody who's a peer working with like clients in a similar industry and space. And it's it's fun to bounce ideas off of somebody. And also like the, what I would call like the echo chamber of 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 the of shared perspectives when it comes to this this kind of thing. So this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your advice and your insights and your time with us today. Thank you so much, Angie, for having me. It was a pleasure. I know. This is fantastic. We always love hearing from people who have successfully navigated career challenges and navigated career crossroads and charted a path to success and fulfillment. And like Lamour is doing, helping others do the same. There's some great advice here. So I hope you all took some notes and we'll go grab links and follow Lamour's journey. And also for all of you listening out there, I would love, love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. It's a huge help as we continue to bring you great stories to inspire confident professionals. And if you want to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or as I mentioned, grab the show notes and links from today's episode, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. And until next week's episode, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com.